Hey, this is Kevin Riles with The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. And guess what? I'm back in the studio. Mr. Producer's over there. I'm excited. This week, we're going to talk about seven important terms you need to know when investing in commercial real estate. Seven important terms you need to know when investing in commercial real estate. I'm on set. Y'all see I'm on set? I got the table. Maestro, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network. Presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Hey, welcome back to The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. Your boy Kevin Riles is back. I'm back in the studio. I'm back in the worldwide uh, headquarters of Channel713.com with Mr. Producer. Um, I just It just feels so good to be in this seat, to, to touch the mic. It looks kind of inappropriate if you're watching on the video, but just just the the whole ambiance. You know, I've been I've been doing my own uh, videos, and y'all can see the quality is not quite there. But then I give them to Mr. Producer, he put the magic dust on them, and he even put the little jazz in, in the background. So for those of you that are listening now, um, you know, if you've been a, a fan and been listening to all fifty what fifty four plus episodes of our podcast, you notice that around I'm gonna say episode. Five, six, somewhere in there, we started putting music underlined just to kind of give you that soothing feeling. So right now, yeah, most likely when he edits this, uh, it's going to be music under this. And so I noticed that when I send him my videos uh, that I shoot because we haven't been able to get together, uh, that he still does that. Uh, and it makes it way better because it makes the sound quality sound so much better. But now I had a mic, the mic. And for those of you looking at it on video, uh, I'm, um, I got my iPad here. I got my McDonald's coffee. And just an aside, we're going to get to what we're going to get to. Just an aside. So I like coffee. And this is a relatively new thing. Maybe in the last three or four uh, years, I've kind of become a coffee guy. What happened was my wife bought me a Keurig. Uh, a Keurig with a little K-cup. And she says that that's the one gift out of the 20 years that we, almost 20 years we've been married, that I have used and faithfully used. And that's like the best gift, which is true. Uh, and so um, we were just having a, a conversation off camera about coffee. And I used to go to Starbucks, or as my friend calls them, four bucks, because everything in there is at least four dollars. He calls them four bucks instead of uh, Starbucks. Um, and so uh, I started every once in a while, I'll get McDonald's coffee. And then I realized I really like McDonald's coffee. And guess what? It's a dollar, no matter which size, whether it's small, medium, or large, it's a dollar. So. Shout out, even though they're not sponsoring, but if you want to sponsor the Real Estate Life McDonald's, I got you. Um, uh, shout out to McDonald's with my large cup of coffee because today my voice is a little scratchy. I, I, I need it. I need a little pick-me-up. So what did I come here to talk about today? So many things. I just feel so good. I'm just, I'm effervescent. I'm, I'm, I'm flowing right now because I'm in the studio. And that's, see, I get the flow in the studio. I'm, I do okay when I do by myself. And y'all are just like, Kevin, can you get to the subject? Uh, whatever. I'm just so happy to be back in front of the camera with Mr. Producer. Got my round table. Got my logo in the back. It's just, it's just an awesome day. Anyway, so um, I want to thank you, fans of the real estate of life, for uh, giving me feedback and uh, lately I've gotten a lot of feedback on a couple episodes that I have done I did a while back on um, terms you need to know uh, and I did a, a terms you need to know uh, in, in residential real estate and terms you need to know in commercial real estate and so um, I had people email me or I saw some people out and they were like oh man I really like that one uh, and so I say you know what every once in a while I'm going to try to do that so your feedback drives the show. And so at the end, usually Mr. Producer puts a little uh, blurb that we uh, uh, that we 
tape to say, hey, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, send it in. So some of that feedback has, has, has uh, paid off. And so today, what I wanted to talk about is um, the whole, the terms that you need to be familiar with if you're going to invest in commercial uh, real estate. And a couple of them I've talked about before, uh, two of them specifically, but there are some other terms that you need to be uh, aware of if you're going to invest in commercial uh, real estate. And the reason I say commercial real estate, because some of these have nothing to do uh, with residential type uh, properties. When I say commercial real estate, uh, I'm talking about um, multifamily. Uh, I'm talking about uh, retail. Uh, I'm talking about industrial uh, and I, when I say investment commercial real estate, I'm talking about those product types uh, that produce income, right? So that's the most important thing that they they produce income. Uh, and so one of the things you'll add, you'll hear people say, so the first term um, is class of property. It's the class of property. Um, what you'll hear commercial practitioners and commercial brokers say, well, this is an A class property, or this is a B class property, or this is a C class property. Um, and so uh, you'll hear people say that, and some people, you know, don't know what that means. Literally, I've had people say, well, "What do you mean when you say uh, that's a Class C property?" So the technical definition of that is Class C properties or Class A, B, or just the classes are ways to delineate really the age and condition of the property, the age and condition. The technical definitions of classes, A class is essentially a new property or a newer property usually within the last, say, five to 10 years. Uh, a B property is usually from, say, 10 to 10 to 20 uh, years uh, old, or maybe even 10 to 15. And then a C property is kind of anything 20 to 25 years or older. Now, sometimes you'll see or hear people jokingly say, well, this is a D or, or even an F uh, property. And that's a joke. There's no class technical classes for D and F, but uh, but they, what they're really saying is the property's in really bad shape. You'll also hear people say, well, hey, this is a, a B property, but it's in an A area. So they'll separate the property uh, from the area that it's in. Or they'll say, oh, this is a C property, but it's in a B area. Uh, and again, they're trying to apply those definitions of the kind of the type uh, and the demographics of the area based on the property class. And so uh, I specialize, for instance, in uh, small multifamily, small multifamily being plus or minus 100, 125 units. My average deal uh, is usually around 50, plus or minus 50 units. And so most of the property here in the Houston, Texas market that fits that definition is automatically C-class, if nothing else, because of age. We just haven't built a lot of small apartment complexes in the last uh, five to 10 years, or really in the last 20 years. So I, I've almost become by default, a Class C property specialist because most of the inventory that I sell is of that age. Uh, and so just to, to let you know, though, that's not the case in uh, around the nation. Uh, there are places where people are still building 20 plexes and, and 50 plexes and 100 units and things of that nature, and those are considered A properties. Now, you also have some affordable component to this. In the Houston market, you might have 150, 160 unit, a brand spanking new apartment complex, but with very minimal uh, upgrades and amenities, and some people will call that a B plus or a B property. Uh, 
uh, because it's it's a new apartment complex, but it's made for an affordable reason. Uh, and so uh, if you took the technical definition, though, that would be considering an A. Uh, but people are trying to give you or get, describe the fact that, yeah, this is brand spanking new, but it's not travertine on the floors. It's not uh, granite countertops and things of that nature. This is made uh, for more of an affordable pro- product. So, again, the first term you need to know if you're going to invest in commercial real estate is the class of property. The second term you need to know is uh, cap rate. We've talked about, I've talked about cap rate throughout my podcast, but cap rate is a measure, uh, is a way to measure and compare the income of one property versus the income uh, of another. Or more importantly, it is a way to measure the income price ratio of one property versus the income and price ratio of another. And again, um, the the cap rate is the net operating income divided by the uh, sales price. And so that gives you a rate. And so what that tells you is that net operating income, if those watching on videos on top, uh, uh, tells you how much much, uh, income that particular property is netting versus its sales price. And that gives you a 6% or a 7% or 8% or you know, hopefully a 10%, which is, so the higher the cap rate, uh, the better the investment as far as income is concerned, but also also possibly more, more likely the riskier the investment as well. And so cap rate uh, is the second one. Um, and so for those that do apartment uh, investing, uh, another term that you need to be familiar with is rubs. Rubs, R-U-B-S, rubs. Rubs is ration, uh, ration I'm sorry, <laughs> utility building system. What does that mean? So a lot of older apartment complexes uh, were master metered, meaning that um, the electric was is one meter. You might have, uh, you know, 20 units in a building, and those 20 units have one electric meter and one water meter. Most of them always have one water meter. But so what rubs is a system is a system of allocation to say I'm not only going to charge you rent, but I'm also going to average out the average uh, utility bill. And then I'm going to charge you that on top of rent. Are you going to get a bill every month from the in-house uh, utility company, which is usually the property management company, to say your uh, average or your portion of the utility is X. And that became popular, I would say, probably about uh, 15, 10 to 15 years ago uh, as a mechanism as utility costs were starting to rise and eating into the margins of rent. Um, uh, investors and landlords said, hey, you know what, uh, if you guys are using all this uh, water or uh, if it's a single meter electricity meter, instead of having me, instead of having to go and have the expense of breaking out and replumbing uh, or sub-metering uh, these utilities, we're going to just do an average. It's kind of, for those of you um, that are familiar with other, uh, with triple net, it's kind of like the, the triple net version uh, in apartments. In other words, I'm going to share your pro rata uh, the landlord is going to share the pro rata expense with all of the uh, tenants. And really, uh, some people look to implement a rub system as a mechanism of income growth uh, because if I'm paying $800 a month for this particular unit uh, and then the landlord is paying on average per unit maybe $50 or $60 in utility costs, uh, then that landlord is really only making uh, $720, $730 uh, a month. But if I implement a rub system, now I'm making a true $800 because the tenant is getting a bill for that $50 or $60. So rubs is is something that you need to be uh, familiar with as well. Um, another term or terms, uh, i put these kind of in one, is pro forma versus actuals. 
you'll hear us talk about, well, that's the pro forma numbers or the, these are the actual numbers. And so pro forma versus actuals uh, really is a um, are terms that refer to the financials of a particular investment. Pro forma means that, um, basically are the numbers that uh, we as brokers or sometimes a landlord or investor does to say if all things uh, were equal and I make these assumptions, if I make the, the assumption that I'm going to have a 10% vacancy rate, if I make the assumption uh, that my taxes are going to go up or down, if I make the assumption uh, that I'm going to be able to be a better manager so I'm, I'm not going to have a management company. When I do the calculations from a profit and expenses standpoint or gross income and expenses standpoint and I kick, kick out a net operating income, pro forma financials are based on assumptions. Right. They may be also based on actual numbers, but they also are based on assumptions. So they are not the quote unquote. And I'm going to use air quotes for those that are listening and those that are watching. You can see me do air quotes. Uh, those are not the real uh, in air quotes uh, numbers. Actuals are just what they say. Actuals. They're the actual financial uh, perform or I'm sorry, actual financials for the for property. Uh, but I would caution this, that not every actual is actual. Uh, and what do, what do you mean, Kevin? I probably could do a podcast on how to read. In fact, I, I will do that. Uh, how to read financials. Uh, but uh, you know, different people do different things with their uh, financials. And so, I'll give you a quick example. I sold an apartment complex a couple of years ago, and the numbers didn't look all that great as far as the income is concerned. And so the owner was telling uh, us that, hey, look, I know they don't look great, but these are some things you have to consider. And one of those things was he had two kids in college. Uh, and so the way he tried to reduce his taxable income was he gave his kids money uh, by paying them a salary through his apartment complex. Uh, so th those were not real employees. And I say real again with air quotes. So that affected his his bottom line number because if you looked at his payroll his payroll seemed high but his payroll really wasn't his payroll because he was paying his kids through um, the profit and loss uh, profit of the apartment complex so we had to go through the actuals with a fine tooth comb and say you know, as we say in a business where are you eating out of this and what is real in other words some people buy their groceries through their investment um, uh, uh, properties some people pay their car note through their investment properties or their business. I do that, as a matter of fact. It's not illegal because I use it for business. But uh, I pay our car notes, both my wife and I, who works with me, uh, through our, our business. So that doesn't hit our personal profit and loss statement. It hits my business profit and loss statement. But because of that, I'm able to depreciate uh, those two vehicles. And so you have to, when you're looking at actuals, don't assume that they, they are what I would call they are that investor's actuals. Right. And so you have to be able to look through that and know what to look for in terms of uh, what questions to ask when you get actual. So pro forma uh, are uh, numbers based on assumptions uh, and then actuals are actuals. But that person's actuals. Right. Next term, net operating income, net operating income. Net operating income. We've talked. I talked about this a couple of shows ago. Uh, that was one of the terms uh, that kind of started this. Uh, you know, doing this as far as terms are concerned. And so, net operating income is the gross income minus expenses. So, for those of you that hate math, this feels like a math class in these last couple of uh, <laughs> last couple of terms. But uh, net operating income is the gross, meaning all the income I get before anything touches it minus all the expenses, kicks out a net operating income. And net operating income, by the way, is before debt. 
It is done not. It does not include debt. It is not. So if you get a loan on a property, uh, uh, you'll see net operating income, and then you'll see debt service, uh, and then then you have your profit after uh, after debt service. So net operating income on any investment is your gross um, profit or gross income minus. Uh, your expenses, and I, I should have—I should not have used gross profit because people start doing that and it gets it confusing. So gross income, right? Before, so imagine your paycheck. If you get a W two, your gross is you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but that's not what you get in your bank account on a yearly basis. You get your net income, which is after Uncle Sam and FICA and all those other people get their money. Uh, so that's what net operating income is. All right, uh, next term. Debt service. So I just mentioned debt service. Debt service is how much you pay in the bank. So if you purchase a property after you, uh, your net operating income, in other words, after the expenses that are tied to the property are taken out, I have a net operating income, and then I have to pay my mortgage. Right? And then that paying my mortgage is called debt service. And then after that, I can see what my profit is or my net operating income after debt service uh, is. And that's really what I'm making. I'm able to, quote, unquote, take home uh, and deposit into the bank uh, or take out of the bank. Uh, and so your debt service is simply the servicing the debt on, on, the, on a particular uh, property. And then finally, the last term is CapEx, right? We like to throw around big terms and make it seem like we're real smart in commercial real estate. We'll say, oh, well, how much CapEx did you spend last year? Or what type of CapEx have you done? And so, uh, you know, we like to do that because we just, you know, want to seem smart. But capital expenditures means what uh, capital expenditures are, I should say, are long-term improvements to a particular property. So, for instance, if the property has a leaky faucet uh, and you go in and you have a plumber repair the uh, faucet, that's just a repair. But if a property has, uh, if you go in and replace on a 100-unit apartment complex all of the faucets, that's considered a capital expenditure uh, because it's a long time. It's something that has a useful life over a year. Uh, and so if you replace the roof, uh, when I leave here today, I'm going to show a property down in Galveston, apartment complex I have listed, a 16-unit apartment complex, and they just replaced the flat roof. Uh, and they spent almost $80,000 replacing that uh, flat roof. So that was a, considered a capital expenditure. And that capital expenditure, um, without getting too technical, is going to be more so on your balance sheet than in your profit and loss statement. Uh, and so what that means is that you can depreciate uh, getting that work done and it has a tax benefit. And so class of property, cap rate, rubs, pro forma versus actuals, net operating income, debt service, and capital expenditures. Those are seven terms uh, that I think are important for you to know when you're investing in commercial uh, real estate. And I think um, there are other terms that I, I could probably do a couple of episodes, and, and over time I'm sure I'll capture some of this that we also use. But I think it's important that you, as a commercial real estate investor, at least have an understanding of some of these terms so that when we're throwing them around, because sometimes we forget that people don't do this. When I say we, I mean brokers, commercial brokers, forget that we don't, uh, people don't do this every day. Uh, and so, you know, just like if you're a physician and you start throwing around acronyms when you're talking to a patient and the patient's looking at you like, what are you talking about? Because you do this every day and they don't. So then you have to say, oh, I'm sorry, this means that. And so I think it's important that you know uh, these uh, terms. And so I will give it, this is a vocabulary lesson. So I'm going to give you a vocabulary uh, test. 
Uh, so for those of you out there, email me at Kevin at KevinRilesCommercial.com. That's Kevin at KevinRilesCommercial.com. And ask me, um, you know, tell me which of these terms uh, that you don't understand. And that will let me know that you're, one, you're listening. And two, if I need to explain some on a part two of this. So, hey, I'm back in the studio. It's the Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. Seven terms you need to know if you're going to invest in commercial real estate. And guess what? Just like I always say, I will see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at Kevin at KevinRiles.com. Again, that's Kevin at KevinRiles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's Kevin at KevinRiles.com. 